Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. My name is Alexis Briggs Brignoni. And as always, I have the great company of my awesome co-host, the digital forensic examiner sensei, the master of things forensic, the one that uh, keeps pushing me to be better, the one and only Heather Charpentier. The music is by is higher up by Shane Ivers and can be found at silvermansound.com. And with that, we start the show. Hello, hello. There we go. Now people can see us. <laughs> hello, Heather. What's going hello. on? How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, just uh, still getting my uh, my feet on the ground. Came back from uh, from a trip to uh, to Boston. It was really fun. So I liked it a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah, I what was did there, you at, there. Yeah, I was there at the RCFL. Uh, well, the RCFL. So for folks who don't know, is the Regional Computer Forensics Lab. In this case, is the New England Regional Computer Forensic Lab in Boston. Actually, I got pictures for the folks that are, uh, might be watching. So let me let me get you a picture. So I was there. I was invited uh, to the RCFL to talk about you know mobile forensics and all that good stuff. Um, beautiful, beautiful building, as the folks can see there. Um, it's the it's housed. The lab is housed in the FBI's Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, field office in Boston. So I was privileged to be able to teach there and and, and speak with a uh, with the examiners from from the area. So that was really fun, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good actually. Talking about nice things, you can see here on my side here, right? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Heather knows I've been, I was really excited about this little neon sign that says on air, like like, like I'm in a little studio here, which is Your actually- Your studio is uh, getting so fancy that I had to get myself some <laughs> lights as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you will not be left behind by any means. <laughs> I was looking a little plain over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fantastic. So yeah, so I put the on air there to, see, to make me feel better. So folks that are listening, I have a small neon on air sign, like I'm a, an actual, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Like, a, like a, not a DJ, but if people speak on the radio, you know, <laughs> anyways. So, so yeah. So what, 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 what do you have going on, Heather? What's going on? Oh, well, this week or this week started the celebrate capture the flag challenge. So, you know, because you're on my team, we are working through that. Um, <laughs> and, and, by is, we, and by we is you and Kevin, because <laughs> I uh, suck. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> I think Kevin's kind of taking it. <laughs> um, well, last last time we were like, we were like 12 for a little bit, but now we, we, we're ranking down again. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely falling down down the scoreboard quite a bit. But um, if for anybody who doesn't know, the Celebrate Capture the Flag is going on right now. There are um, four images, two iOS images, two Android images. It's running from September 20th through the 27th. And um, last I looked, there's 350 teams, which are our teams as well as individuals registered. Mm-hmm. Um to compete in the challenge of answering all of the digital forensic questions that Celebrate has come up with. The top score receives um, a free Celebrate class. Um, I think that's my understanding. And then all the other winners receive challenge points. So if you haven't signed up yet, I don't believe it's too late to sign up and download the extractions and get started. It is definitely challenging. 
Yeah, and, and, and even if you don't want to compete for whatever reason, because I recommend that you do, but just getting the images is worth a lot because then you have some test data that you can play along and, and do research on or just try to figure out how things work. So just having uh, test data, it's it's awesome. And and the folks that build uh, the the uh, the questions, you know, Heather and Jared and, you know, and all those, and, and or did the... Uh, the test data, really nice people. I, I will say I will pick a bone with them later on, on some of the questions because they're a little bit too uh, vaguely worded for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, though, it's it's really fun and it really challenges you and you'll learn a lot about the iOS and Android file systems. That's for sure. I know that I now need to go take some additional classes in Android after this. <laughs> oh no! I I I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> when 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 you're a, when you're a, an instructor like us, and you're like, oh, but you know what? That's what this field is. We need constantly be growing. Look, uh, there's folks here loving the science, so I appreciate some of the comments here, <laughs> and and I appreciate that Kevin is also around, even though he's been carrying us <laughs> in this competition. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got a, I got a quick question: Are the events in Boston open? So events at the RCFL are usually for the examiners for the and law enforcement for the area. But um, there's also a lot of events, uh, digital forensics event happening, especially in Boston, like big cities like that. There's always uh, events happening. So that's, that's something that we hope to kind of uh, bring like more announcements of events are happening in different locations. So we're, we're looking into uh, putting that out as well. Oh, oh, before we forget, look, is it this side? What side? Can you see this, um, Heather? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, she's, she, I, I say, you see, you see this. I have a shirt that has our logo, a t-shirt that says Digital Forensics Now. And it was a kind gift from Heather because she's awesome. And she got us, and we got me a shirt uh, with the Forensics, uh, Digital Forensics Now uh, logo, a little microphone with the bits and bytes coming out. So thank you. I'm, I'm eternally grateful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I should take it off someday. <laughs> it's starting to stink. <laughs> You've been wearing it since I sent it? Well, let's go to the next section. <laughs> 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 yeah so, and the next session the next session is up to me right yeah it's up to me yes. actually <laughs> so um some of the things that are happening and I, I i wanted to bring we wanted to bring this up because um the uh sans talking about organizations that put up events um they have or they they uh support an event called the digital i'm sorry the uh, difference makers awards and the difference makers awards are um, um people get nominated and they are selected as a person groups or or a, a tooling that's make a difference for the for this year um i was uh honored to be nominated and been selected uh by the uh i say me but me in representation of all the developers that work in the leap tools uh, which is the ones that we uh put uh, open source tools for digital forensic examiners and we were nominated as open source tool of the year and we won so and the folks here can see a little um, little trophy in the sh in the shape of a of a of a nice key, so it's really nice. And uh, I would like to promote this because uh, there's a lot of people doing great work that that should be recognized. So the way what you need to do is go to the uh, I don't I don't I think we have the uh, address here. If you can uh, put it up, if we have it, go. Um, I yeah. If we don't have it, if we don't have it, have it, it I will fine. put it up on the site. Okay, yeah. So go, go to Sans and look for Difference Makers Award. It's a simple Google. You'll, you'll Google search. You'll find it, and then vote. And these are the categories that are up there, right? So let me show them. So some they they are article or book of the year, diversity champion of the year, community champ champion or influencer of the year, 
Innovator of the Year, Mentor of the Year, Open Source Tool of the Year, which is the one that, that we won last year, uh, Podcast, Livestream, Video, Series of the Year. You know, I'm just saying for the future, you know, I don't know, just, just putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> Rising Star, Teamwork Practitioner of the Year, Team Leader of the Year, and Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, so, which last year was Leslie Carhart. She's awesome. So yeah, please, please, please go there, nominate folks that are doing good work and, and make sure that other people hear about it by them being nominated and hopefully winning this award. So there's some other um, training and scholarship opportunities that have come up lately that we were going to um, share with everybody too. Um, IASIS has a couple of uh, scholarships that are going to be opening up soon. The Will Dawkins Scholarship is for city, county, state law enforcement agencies uh, that conduct digital forensic examinations. The agencies um, cannot have more than two personnel that are assigned to conduct digital exams in their agency to be able to qualify for the scholarship. And the scholarship is for their basic computer forensic exam examiner class. It will give them the um, opportunity to go take the class and it's all all expenses paid for the class and lodging and um, expenses for meals and, and um, per diem. Uh, another scholarship for IASIS that's also opening up, it, they're both opening up in October, uh, is the Women in Law Enforcement Scholarship. This one is for uh, female in law enforcement. They can be sworn or civilian and what you have to do for that scholarship is provide your CV and write an essay of no more than 500 words. Um, and that will be based on your career goals. And it's also a scholarship for the basic computer forensic examiner uh, course through IASIS. Nice. And then Magnet also has a scholarship right now. They actually have two different categories. One is for an examiner new to forensics, and the other category is for somebody in advanced in forensics. They're providing a license um, for Magnet Axiom for one year and a training pass for all of their courses. And also that provides you with the opportunity to take their certification exam. So that one's actually open through December open now through December 1st. So just nice. some opportunities there for training and scholarship. And, and I mean, the magnet courses, I took them there, uh, um, the online and well, I've taken some also in person, but online and they're really, really good. So highly recommend. Yeah, I've taken some of those too. They are excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, some other uh, opportunities for training are, uh, it's coming from Belkasoft. And uh, I'll tell you that it's a great training opportunity because for the time being is free. So if you, let me put it up on screen and, and don't worry if you're listening, we're going to have these uh, URLs at the, the description of the podcast or the video. So you can grab them from there. So uh, from September 15th to October 15th, you can get the iOS forensics course with Belkasoft. They provide you a temporary license to do the course. Um, and uh, after that, if you don't take advantage of it, then it's going to be a, a paid course. So if you want to take it for free, do it now. Uh, I will tell you, uh, I, I like I like some of the some of the tools they come out with, especially at least Belkasov, the way they deal with wall files. I really like it. So go go check it out. It's right for now. It's free. So so don't walk, run. 
Yeah, I just did the course. It was excellent. Um, we I don't actually have uh, the Belkasoft tools, and it was really good to learn how to use a tool that I don't have in the lab. I would actually consider purchasing uh, Belkasoft after using it. Some of the capabilities are, are really good. And the training was really good. It wasn't just based on the Belkasoft tool. It also gave you a better understanding of some of the artifacts that you find in an iOS file system. So I, I would recommend the training even, even if you don't have the tools. And I think after you take the training, you would consider purchasing the tools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some of the comments here, it also comes, and thanks for, for the reminder, you get six, six uh, CPE, you know, credits for taking the course. So if, you know, if you have certifications and you need uh, credit hours to be able to uh, maintain those certifications, this is one way of getting uh, six of those credits and learning a lot of cool stuff about iOS. So check it out. All righty. So last week, we put up a post asking for if anybody had recommendations that they wanted um, to see on the podcast. And um, we had a recommendation to talk about the SQL ACMD and the DFIR Artifact Museum. And I had never heard of either. So I went out and did a little bit of research and um, messed around with the both of these uh, the websites and the tools. I'm going to do a little demo for everyone so you can see how they work. This, so is, this, this is my favorite screen. part. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> let me share my screen. Let's see here. What, what, which one are we doing first? We're going to do the SQL ICMD. Awesomeness. And... Yeah, it is coming up. So I went out to Eric Zimmerman's website and downloaded his SQLite CMD. And I am going to run it for you and show yeah. you how it works. Yeah, let me give you a quick a quick background. Eric Zimmerman, uh, he uh, used to be an FBI agent. I think he works for Kroll now. What a what a what an incredible, incredible guy. He does all sorts of tools free to use. Um, one of his tools is kind of an industry standard at this point, CAPE and some other tooling. So this is one of the tools that, that he uh, provides to the community as well. So let me give a little bit of an explanation before I actually run it. So the way it works is the, um, the tool has map, what's called map files. And the map files are, the, are SQLite um, queries and if the um, if there's a map file available for a specific database in your extractions, whether it be an Android, an iOS, a Windows, or whatever type of extracted data you have, if there's a map file available to run through this tool, then you the tool will hunt for that particular database and you can run the map file. It'll find the database and it'll parse it out and you can dump the parse data into a CSV file. So I'm going to use the command to, to um, hunt for, I'm gonna do iOS um, and I'm going to use artifacts that are located in the DFIR Artifact Museum, which is the other 
website that I'm talking about in this section. That is a repository of a whole bunch of artifacts. A lot of them are the Josh Hickman um, artifacts. And they're all there for everybody's use for um, testing and validation, um, available for anybody to go download and use. I'm going to use the iOS extraction and I'm going to point the SQLite CMD at the iOS extraction and have it hunt for databases and see what we come up with here. So let me open it up here. Yeah, and it's a it's a command line uh, program for for Windows. So what we're seeing here is a command line prompt, and uh, about to to run the command. I'm gonna just grab the command I already saved to save us time, and so I'm running the SQLite command to hunt, and I'm pointing it at where I downloaded the DFIR artifact museum. I'm pointing it at the iOS folder. And then I'm having it dump the CSV out to a temp folder on my C drive. And it's hunting for those databases. So we'll run it. And if all goes well. Yeah. And, and it's, it said like maps loaded 72 and it's going through and kind of finding all sorts of, it's going pretty quick, but like different databases. Uh, are the maps based on the names of the databases or, or, or how is that? How are yes. the maps? Mm -hmm. The maps are based on, on the, the names of the databases. Gotcha. So now I'm going to, I have them all dumped to a temp file on my C drive. Let me share that with you. Yeah, it's interesting. If you kind of know that you're going to be pulling out certain databases, I guess it's a good way of kind of automating that process. Oh, there we go. Look at those. So those there uh, were maps in the maps folder, which came with the SQLite tool for calls, iOS health, photos, and the SMS DB. And it parsed that data out into the CSV files. And if I were going to look at this data, I'm not a huge fan of spreadsheets. I would bring this all into probably um, Zimmerman Timeline Explorer. Not a huge fan of just opening up spreadsheets. Um, so I think we will do that. Let me open up Timeline Explorer. And I will share my screen with that in just a moment. Once I have it open. Yeah, I, I see a good use of that triaging, like, oh, I got these, or maybe I have these 10 databases that I need for specific things. You can easily kind of pull them out and and look at those contents without having to do queries or nothing just by looking at those tables. I, I kind of think figure would be a scenario for this. And All right. Dilemma Explorer is open. So now you're pulling in all the, the, all the CSVs? Yes. Nice. And for those that are not familiar, Timeline Explorer is a tool that also Eric does. It's graphical. And you can take CSV, like text files like this. And if they have a timestamp, then it can, you know, do it uh, chronologically, set all, set all, the, all that content in, in, in chronological order. 
so I like Timeline Explorer because I like the filtering and I, I just I'm a, I'm a fan of looking at the data in Timeline Explorer the way it lays it out better than the than the way spreadsheets do mm-hmm. um, and the way it handles the columns better than than spreadsheets do. But it's a it's a nice little tool to be able to filter. On the columns. Absolutely. So that is in a nutshell how the SQLite tool works and the dfi artifact museum is awesome um i would use that all the time for testing and validation purposes as well not just for um this tool for for all kinds of purposes so 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 it's like like folks put data in that museum or how does that work yeah there's um there's a bunch of contributors for that museum um there's a lot of the josh hickman um data in there there's windows artifacts in there there's let me pop up the folder i'll show i'll do a little um view of the different of the different artifacts that i pulled down from from the dfi artifact museum so there's android ios linux mac os windows windows phone that was all pulled down from the repository and inside of these folders are different directories and different databases within each of the folders. So the TCC database, which is part of the Hickman iOS application permissions, you get the call log databases. So it's got all the databases in there that you would need to run with the SQLite tool. Yeah, and and folks, anybody can contribute. Uh, that's mm. my assumption. Yes, so anybody can contribute to that, and the more people that can contribute to the maps as well, the more this tool can do. Right. So if you can get in there and contribute to writing the SQLite queries and putting more maps into the tool, the more um, the more databases they can support. Yeah. So yeah. So folks can contribute with maps for the uh, tooling, but also with uh, art. Uh, databases and data for the museum as well. Uh, I think, but is that the case? Can, can I contribute to the museum as well? Not only not only with the maps for the tool, but for the museum, can we yes. contribute to that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Make sure. Okay. Very cool. And, and, and getting, having test data, because I think at the end of the day, the purpose is having that data for you to test, to be able to see how artifacts evolve through time. Right. Um, we need everybody to band together <laughs> because if I have a case and I might need to see how this data behaves in a version or the database that I don't have, it might be in the museum if somebody was kind enough to leave it there for me. So yeah, let's 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 be better together. Let's contribute. Definitely. And uh, talking about being better together, obviously you're gonna take the moment to highlight some of the contributions our tooling does. And uh, again, another shout out to Kevin Pagano. Um, he's been doing not, not only he does CTFs and carries us, he also codes yeah. and he did a, a, a pretty uh, good set of parsers for for Fitbit data and and Fitbit data is important. And this is the, the, the I'm gonna just give a, an example of of why Fitbit data is important. And for those that are not familiar with Fitbit, Fitbit it's a, uh, a hardware software manufacturer. So what they do is they do kind of watches or uh, different devices that keep track of your, let's say, your uh, steps during the day, uh, your heartbeat, 
and all sorts of things, right? And that data is extremely important. And the example I'm going to give you is from a case that happened some years ago. Uh, this 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 dude, you know, an older gentleman, 91 years old, uh, he was accused of killing his 67 year old stepdaughter. And the way, based on the reporting, uh, what the uh, uh, investigating agencies believe happened was that he uh, went to uh, to the place, um, killed her, and then uh, obviously left. When the police were to interview him, he said, well, yeah, I saw her in the morning, left her some food and some things. And then I saw her later on that day with another gentleman in a car waving me goodbye as she drove by. So the question is, well, he's the one that saw her alive last. And he's saying that he was at a house at a certain time and that he had seen her alive later on that day. Well, in the scene, we found, you know, the victim was stabbed to death and she had a, a Fitbit on her wrist. So the investigators went to that data, pulled it out, and they were able to determine based on the Fitbit, the time of death, right? Because the moment, you know, your heartbeat or the, the, the system is detecting your heartbeat, all of a sudden there's a spike at a certain point in time and then it flatlines. Um, and at that point, it's reasonable to believe it's the time of death, considering that they found her with the Fitbit on her. Okay. Well, with that time of death, uh, possible time of death, they went and looked at um, where was the the individual, and he happened to be at the house. He said he was there, and the um, surveillance uh, system from across—I want to say across the street, but I don't remember—but some of the neighbors um, had his vehicle parked in her driveway at the time where the where the uh, heartbeat flatline on the Fitbit, right? So it's a little bit of a kind of hard example. The 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 person was accused against you know older person. Um, he he died before um, going through being prosecuted fully. But the point I'm making with that is that type of data it's extremely important. And and Kevin did uh, some parsers for Fitbit data that might be of interest to, um, for you and your cases. So with the Fitbit data, I actually have some Fitbit data that I pulled down from my Google takeout. So I'm going to show you how the Fitbit part um, did. Fitbit parser works in our leap. Yeah, and 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 for those that for those that don't know, what's what's Google Takeout? Um, so Google Takeout is where the the Fitbit data is stored in my um in my Google account, and yeah, so. I pulled it down. It's stored on the server side of Google. So I logged into my Google account and requested a pretty much like backup of my data. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Amount, the, the amount of stuff in Google Takeout is amazing. If you have a phone, it's connected yeah. to Google. It's gonna be sending that stuff, that stuff to the Google servers, and and you can request it yourself. Um, you know, with the Google Takeout system. So the Google Takeout comes um, when you request it. Uh, Google will will send it to your email. It came to my email in a zip file. So our leap supports the zip file, and it's here. It's um, the takeout file. So I'm browsing out to the takeout file, and I'll just pick a pick an output area, and I'm going to deselect all of the artifacts in Arleap and just choose the Google Takeout artifacts that are specific to Fitbit. There's three: there's Fitbit, Fitbit Temperature, and Fitbit SpO2. And then I'll just hit Process. And it is done in seconds. <laughs> in less than a second. 
And then I just have to find where it just went. <laughs> yeah, it's on your desktop, yeah. Yeah, hold on one second. Let me just stop my share and I will get it. And, and, and Google take out data for the investigators. Let's say you have a cooperating uh, witness or a victim, right? And uh, you need to get access to possibly, you know, data that's housed in Google. You can, you know, with consent, get that data and, and start your, you know, get some benefit from it um, as legal process goes through through as well. So just just keep always keep that user generated data in mind for your investigation. Super, super important. And I'm sharing the wrong thing. There we go. <laughs> I'll get this share thing down eventually. <laughs> um, I swear. No, it's uh, it, 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 one it takes, of these it days. There we go. <laughs> there we can see it. There we go. Awesome. So you can see in the report, there's the Fit, Fitbit account profile, which shows my account data. Um, has my full name, my display name, email address, date of birth, and other other account data, um, my activity goals. It shows temperatures that were logged with my Fitbit. It shows the Fitbit oxygen saturation, the SpO2 that was logged with the Fitbit. The sleep profile, Fitbit sleep profile data is here. Fitbit sleep scores. That are stored on the Fitbit data, the Fitbit stress scores. I'll have to take a look at those. <laughs> I think <laughs> both of ours are pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Fitbit tracker. So it has the the data about the Fitbit tracker that I was wearing. I had the have the Versa three, so it has the information about the Fitbit that I was wearing. Yeah, no, so, and so there's other data stored in the Fitbit too, and I'm sure they're going to continue to add to our leap for the Fitbit parser. So you may see, you may see additional categories popping up here. Yeah, and, and same thing. If if you have some test data you don't mind sharing, uh, we'll be uh, happy to create some uh, some support for it on the tooling if you share it with us. So, which is a way of contributing as well. So yeah. please do, please contribute. <laughs> Yes, please. And talking about contributions, right? We mentioned sharing, but what else can we do to contribute? What is oh, there? So many things you can do to contribute for the digital forensics community, right? So, I mean, the leaps are, are one of the big things I think of. Um, I mean, when you think of contributing to, the, to your leap project, I think, oh my God, I have to write scripts. But I don't have to write scripts, right? I can't do that. Um, there's so many people who can't do that, but just providing artifacts that you find or or providing data if you can. I know a lot of people can't share their data, but providing locations of where where the data is stored, how it's stored, um, just even, saying, hey, I found this new artifact. Can you or, help or me even, support it? Or even if something breaks, right? So we had one, mm -hmm. or I had one was... Um, last week or this week <laughs> all the dates are mixing together now um where they told me hey look uh, there's some discord and uh discord uh i, I want to say android and uh it didn't the tools are not parsing it what's happening so like i don't know so we looked at it and it was a change a change in how it's stored so now uh it's kept in a sqlite database 
that has JSON. And just that's that, for those that don't know, that's JavaScript object notation. That's key value pairs. And we can talk about that later. Um, and it changed. And some just somebody put in the word out, hey, look, this is not working. That helps. You don't have to code, but just be part of the community. Um, it makes us better. Now we have a parser for it. And uh, and you know, while the two while the main tools or third-party tools catch up, you have some support already with open source tools. So you know, that's just thanks to the community. Right. Um, I mean, even if finding the new artifacts, write a blog about it, share it on the listservs, mm -hmm. um, the Google groups, the uh, Discord server. Um, not, I would say nobody knows everything in this field. I, there's not one person that knows every single thing in this field. And if you are learning something new or you're wondering something, somebody else is also wondering that same thing. So mm -hmm. share it. I, I can't. I can't count the number of times that I'm I'm wondering something about a certain artifact or I'm asking a question about an artifact and my phone will buzz and it's somebody asking the same question or answering that question on mm -hmm. one of the groups like 10 minutes later. Um, it happens all of the time. So sharing sharing what you're learning is super important. Um, I mean... Yeah, and, and, and that sharing could be, you know, like you're saying, make a blog post or make some content, right? Make a video. Hi, everybody, <laughs> or a podcast. <laughs> and uh, and if you can do something that I can't do, which is make a TikTok, because I can <laughs> not still get a hang of it. So I just I just quit. I'm not doing TikToks. But if you can do We're going to make a TikTok. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, by, and by we, you mean you. Is that, is no, that at <laughs> IASIS this year. So be ready in April. <laughs> We're going to make a TikTok. <laughs> oh, let's, let's hope there's no, like, no detergent eating fat at that at, at that time <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that <laughs> well if you can do a tiktok or you're being made right. to do a tiktok then do it as long as it's digital <laughs> forensics related uh, the community will appreciate it if not nothing else i will appreciate it so so please do <laughs> um i i would say too uh yeah definitely make make the videos um, I'm trying to think of other i mean other ways to contribute there's so many ways to contribute mentor somebody um there's so many new people that are starting from the bottom that just mm -hmm. don't know how to get started. Pick somebody and just get them started. Teach, start teaching them. Remember that they are starting from the beginning and, and be patient. I, I mean, that would be a great way to, to contribute. Yeah, no. And, and, and getting in that mindset and it's, I'll, I'll confess here. It's hard for me in the sense that I get somebody that's new and, I know you don't know these things. And then I just give them like a ton of stuff in five minutes. <laughs> so, so we have to take it slow, be kind to to the new folks and, and build them up because ourselves, right? Like myself, I've been, um, you know, in, in the law enforcement field for 16 years now, a decade in digital forensics, um, you know, over 20 something years in technology. And I started like everybody else, like not knowing absolutely nothing. Where do I turn this on? <laughs> <laughs> and and we grow and we grow together. So I, I yeah. think I remember I don't I I don't remember who said it, and I I, ah, I feel so bad. But I heard one of the members of the community saying, "Look, um, when you get to the top of that building, right, you're in that penthouse. Please, please, please make sure to send that elevator down, right, <laughs> so others can come up and join you." And I love that 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 image of what it means. And I'm so sad I cannot remember. I have his face in my in my brain, but not his name. And, <laughs> and I think it's really true. Bring that elevator down. Whatever you're doing and the success you might be enjoying, 
uh, bring others along for 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 it, and uh, because you you were not built on your own. Uh, people uh, came across your path and and help you to be where you at and and to become who you are. So that's so true. So yeah. true. And and talking about people becoming who they are, um, I think there's a great series right of of folks being interviewed in regards to what their experiences are, them kind of coming into the field, right? There is. So there's a, there's a new blog by Julia Gately and Lexi Vanden Heuvel. Um, and they are interviewing new people, um, new to the cyber career, new to the digital forensics right out of college, um, just new to the career. And they recently did an interview with Preston McNair, who, um, who went up through college and and then now works for magnet forensics as a forensic trainer and they interviewed him about being new to the new to the digital forensics atmosphere um the blog is really good it outlines his whole journey through um digital forensics through school and through becoming a trainer um and it talks about his path to get there it talks about his um really about his passion for digital forensics. And um, there's a couple of things that the blog really outlines that I, I wanted to read mm -hmm. because I think they're very important. So um, he, he says, uh, DFIR, DFIR space is for individuals who love a challenge and are not afraid to ask questions. Just remember to Google first. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Um It's it's so absolutely true. true. <laughs> so true. And then um, another night, a good piece of advice that he gives is um, being nimble and able to learn new skills and te techniques was important. The digital landscape is constantly evolving with new social media platforms, <clears throat> services, hardware, etc. The learning doesn't stop once you get a degree or leave a training environment. Your head must be a con on a constant swivel in the digital forensics landscape to know what's on the horizon and how you can take the knowledge to apply it to your work. So Absolutely. I think those are some really good, really good quotes coming out of that blog. And I, um, I would, I would ask that everybody go read it. It's really a good story of how, um, how when you're new to really new to forensics that you have to really have a passion for it and you have to really want to do it and the types of skills that it takes to to move forward and and work your way up oh i, I absolutely and um i just want to i mean just for Heather, uh, there's a question later in the chat that we, i want i want to readdress it at the end so, so folks asking some of the questions in the chat if i'm we're not, we're not addressing it right now we'll make some space at the end Um, so don't so stick around. We're gonna we're gonna talk about those. Um, no, so but, but back to the topic. Uh, see, the, the, the thing is, like Preston. Preston is like the nicest guy you ever met, right? And, and I don't know. If you, I don't know. If you, you know him personally? I don't. You don't? Well, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, he's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Actually, that in the blog post I was reading, and I was surprised to see myself <laughs> in the picture. Uh, him, myself at a magnet conference a few years back, <laughs> and Josh Hickman, another of the nicest people you ever meet in this field. So I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just blessed by being surrounded by them. And I say that because, you know, your personality as as a 
as a human being, as you come into this field, will dictate a lot of how much you will learn, how much success you had. And I say that because lately we're having conversations. I mean, not only you and me, Heather, but also with other folks in the field, more seasoned folks, about how we're seeing or might be seeing, right? So I got to be careful here. <laughs> I might be seeing uh, newer folks coming into the field. And and some of them might tell me, well, these new folks are coming in. They 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 have the attention span of of of, mos- of a mosquito or a gnat, right? <laughs> and they're blaming the generation. They're saying these young people, and, and you know, at some point, you know, we have to be careful with making some generalizations and saying, well, all the people from this age group behaved certain ways because, well, not necessarily true, right? It only takes one to disprove that. Um, right. But behind a generalization, you can have a little bit of exaggeration, or a lot of it. But also a little bit of truth. So we had to we had to kind of kind of pick and pick some of those things. And um, I wanted to take the opportunity now to mention at least talking to the young folks that might come across this podcast or are listening in, coming into the field, some of the things that that I believe will be will be helpful in regards to how you how you portray yourself in the field, right? And okay, I mean, I, I know I'm gonna sound like the old guy, you know, telling the new people, but it's because it's true. I am the old guy, <laughs> and you are the new people. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, I mean, first of all, you, I think folks coming to the field need to understand that you might come with a degree, and and that's a good thing. You might come with certifications, right? Um, but neither the certification or the schools are gonna give you what you need to succeed. And you may ask yourself, then why the heck did I spend so many mo- so much money on getting these? Well, because when I say that, it doesn't tell you what you need to succeed. It gives you the method for you to succeed, right? So it's not so much what you need to know as things to be done, like I need this artifact. I, this is how I deal with a phone. This is how I deal with a computer. Because those change, right, Heather? I mean, right. we're up to iOS what? 16 or what? 17 now? Almost 17, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember iOS 13 being the thing and all these things we're finding. And uh, and then, you know, we're up 17 now. So we need to... Uh, you know, constantly up, uh, update ourselves, right? So schooling gives you the way to figure out what you need to know it, when you need to know it. So it might not right. give you the details of things that haven't come in yet. So you take that base knowledge and you build on it. You build that knowledge. So don't come in thinking that you know everything or you have a degree, you're done with, ah, I'm done with school. Right. Let me tell you, this field, you're starting school all over again. Till you, you are going <laughs> to be exactly. in school for the rest of your career. You are not stopping. <laughs> you go to a CTF like me and you'll get beat up by it. And then you'll be like, you know what? I, I, I need to really keep on growing. I just need to. Yeah. I just need to. It's the other way. Yeah. It's like it's like a shark. You don't swim, you you die. <laughs> right? um, you know, and some of the stuff, I mean, and, and even some stuff that's kind of, um, I say elemental when you have experience, but it might not be when you're new, like soft skills, right? If you come to your squad and kind of where, I, where I work at or or your or your team, uh, and everybody's is, is joking, right? And you're the new person. That doesn't mean that that you can joke too, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> it means that you need to listen. You need to make yes. sure you understand what the the corporate or institutional culture of the place is, right? Um, just because they don't tell you there's a dress code doesn't mean there's no dress code. <laughs> you're, not, <Yeah>. you're not <laughs> you're not gonna come in in jeans and a t-shirt when everybody has at least at a minimum. Apollo and 511s or, or something else or slacks right. <laughs> and maybe a suit because you got to go to court. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you really, when you go to Rome, you have to do like the Romans. And and again, for the folks that are being experienced in this field, be like, well, that's obvious. Well, it's not right. We got a new generation of folks where I believe, and, and tell me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but I think 
us, like the adults, right? And the folks that have been developing them, we're failing them in a lot of ways, you know? Um, we, like, they have so much challenges that we didn't have. Um, and, and even the daily life, the devices, phones, computers, like, you know, I remember not, I remember a time where mobile phones were not a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so, so that means that I, I had to be aware to tell young folks, hey, look, when, and it might sound silly, but it's not. You'd be surprised. If you're in the middle of a squat meeting, it's not the time to be looking at the phone, right? <laughs> if the sergeant yeah. is talking to the group, well, you better look back at the sergeant. <laughs> um, and, and, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't fail, uh, fail them. And, and also don't fail yourself. And this is something I'm going to get really serious now. And for the young folks, all this stuff you can ignore. Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old, I was going to say an old, well, I'm an old guy, <laughs> so we can ignore that. But don't ignore this, please. This is really important, right? Uh, take care of yourself. And what that means is when you come new to a place and you're not established yet, obviously, if you have a seal for this field, you want to become established, uh, you know, be able to produce and, and grow. And there will be people, I'm sad to say this, that will take advantage of you, right? And 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 also this goes to the older folks. Um, conferences. Um, squads, uh, working areas are not dating areas. And as a society, I believe, this is my opinion, I'll speak for anybody else, I believe that the bar is being too low. Uh, if it's not criminal, that means I'm okay. And that's not it. That's definitely not it. Um, ethics still means something. And not only ethics as a profession, as the, the work itself, but ethics as individuals. And I'm not preaching, although I kind of am a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, but look, I don't care what you do in your life, in your personal <laughs> life, right? Uh, but what I do care about is don't come to these young people and since you're established, use that power dynamic that you have over them. Just because you're experienced, they might believe that they won't succeed in this career if they don't quote unquote consent. It's not consent. If they're not coerced to do what you want them to do, right? And it could be something, you know, simple to something extremely bad. I say bad in regards to taking advantage of them emotionally or even physically. And and as an as an organization, gravitate to organizations that are crystal clear on what their policies are in regards to sexual harassment and those type of interactions. Okay. I, I love IASIS. I'm a big proponent of volunteered uh corp of instructors. Mm -hmm. And they make it clear, and, and and Heather, as a she's my witness, she's been there with me in that meetings. Um, they tell you we we're, we're here to this event, and these are the rules. And if you're not abide by this code of conduct, you are out. And yeah. and it, it, I don't. And even if it's not criminal, you are out. And if it's criminal, we will we will arrest <laughs> you ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of cops there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so you protect yourself. Don't don't feel pressure into anything. Talk to other folks that are also in the field that are more, more experienced or organizations that are that of trust. If you see something like that, you're being pressured to do something you don't want to do as you come into this field. Um, you, you shouldn't be put up to that. Don't stand for it. And folks in the field, other folks in the field will support you. I think with, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. with some of your, some of your comments on new people coming into the field and maybe um, not being so, so much, not being ready or not being where they, where they need to be at coming into the field new, um, maybe internships or some real life experience, um, some kind of real world, real world, um, experience prior to starting the real world job wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, I know I, we've had people come through our office that have done internships and they seem to come in and they acclimate into the work life 
pretty well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, they've done an internship in a digital forensic lab. They know what the work is going to be like. They have worked a real case. Um, uh, and, and it makes me think of the the Notre Dame program, right? Um, oh, my, what a great program. Yes, you're so right. So for people who don't know about the, the Notre Dame internship program, um, they have a digital forensic lab in, in the school um, run by a police agency and the pros- the prosecutor's office. And they take interns starting, I believe, at, at sophomore level. And they'll take interns and they go through a whole background process, interview process with the county prosecutor. Um, and they're picked for the internship. And they, um, they're actually sworn in as officers and they have like full police duty, uh, full police powers and full police duties. And they work actual, uh, digital forensic criminal cases through their internships. And I can't think of a better real world experience, uh, prior to getting your, your job out of college than that. I think it's a great program. Um, that would just set somebody so far ahead for their job after college, I, I, I would encourage people to look into that, that type of program. If, if this is the career that you want to go into, um, or programs like that it doesn't necessarily have to be that exact, um, program, but it just seems so cool. I actually had never heard of it until you mentioned it to me and it, really cool well and 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 emulate it right for for managers that are running labs both private and and public say public like government um emulate that right and if you cannot because we fail we fail our our young people when we we're thinking of well i need to fill out these five seats and i'm gonna grab five bodies and then and there you go right and there's no support system right and maybe well i'm gonna assign you a mentor this older or more experienced seasoned examiner and that examiner has their own workload. <laughs> and now they have to try to mentor a young person with no support from management, right? There's no right. program, no nothing. So uh, as managers, um, that program from Notre Dame is, I believe, the gold standard as, yeah. they're, as they're coming in. But if you hire them and they have a probationary period, use that to to the to effect, right? Make sure that your mm-hmm. mentors have that. You allow them to have the time to mentor and that you empower them, right? Of course, right. you don't want to empower them for them then to abuse the to abuse the mentee, right? So, right. you know, make sure the power dynamic is balanced. There's policies. But that probationary period for that new person that's coming in, then you're going to level them up to where you actually need them to be. And and a mentorship, mentorship program in an institution without making sure you understand how to empower the mentors and what the roles of the mentee are, it's not going to succeed. And, and, Sometimes those mentor programs are there in name. Oh yeah, we'll assign you a mentor, and there's like nobody came to my help for the first year, <laughs> and then and then you're and then you're past that probationary period, and you're still used to trying to figure things out. So, right. no, we, we we need to do, do a better job. That's that's a great example of how Notre, Notre Dame does it, and uh, yeah. and we can definitely do better. Yeah. So before I move to the next thing, I want to answer some of the questions from the uh, sure from the chat and so I'm, I'm bring up some of the comments. So if, if you don't mind me, Heather, I'm going to yeah. drive, drive for a second, the, the chat for, for a second. So um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to put up the, uh, the person in the chat. So I'm just going to mention what it is. Um, so we have a question about, well, some, an agency, some of the investigators handle, handle uh, officer involved shootings or vehicle collisions, reconstructions, and they bring phones into the lab 
but they never bring returns from Google Apple Cloud. Um, and the person says, I think that's because they don't know what's available. Any advice to get them to start looking into those? So I'm going to let you, Heather, kind of answer that and, and then I'll try to chime in. Tell them immediately. You know, <laughs> yeah. just tell them, call them, say, get it. Um, so we, when we get in the phones, um, once our phones are extracted, that's what we do first. Uh, so I have these user accounts. These are the accounts tied to the phone. These are where you can possibly obtain additional data. Get your get your legal process out to the service providers. Have your have your field investigators or your case investigators or whoever whoever's handling that serve those service providers with legal process immediately. Oh Take yeah, the letters and, of pres- preservation in immediately. Well, and and, and it, it might mean you need to make an uh, I mean make a dummy account in in Google or in, in Apple, right? And fill it with some data, location data, chat messages, like juicy stuff. When I say juicy, I mean stuff that would be of interest in an investigation, right? And then download it and parse it with with a, a third party tool or RLeap, it's a free one that uh, that we mentioned previously, and show the investigators, look, you have this type of case. Look at all the different types of data you can get from these cloud uh, services or backups or whatever it is to create to create that, right? Sometimes. And I'll, um, sometimes it might require more. It might require <clears throat> reaching out to whatever units management is and and make it make a training or talk to the sergeant. I don't know, but somebody that has the awareness that this needs to be followed up on. Right? It's yeah. it, it's an incredible, from my perspective, professional malpractice to be able to have uh, you know the authority to access data to solve a case, be it to uh, prosecute or to uh, you know liberate uh, a person who's been wrongly accused. And leave that evidence on the table just because either we didn't know or sadly, because sometimes we don't want to spend the time on writing the search warrant, on writing the legal request or whatever it is, or or because we received it and we don't know what to do with it. And if Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it, then I just leave it there. I don't know what it is. No, we we have a responsibility for our citizens and for the folks that are being going through the legal process to follow up, do our due diligence. And that, I mean, again, sorry, I got in this soapbox, but I'm really, I feel strongly about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> no, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And um, super, super important that, that data it's in, well, and I was listening, uh, that reminds me of, I was listening to this, the podcast for, uh, for, for uh, MSAB, uh, Adam Furman, and he, they were talking in, in their latest, uh, the forensic fix, how in the moving forward, some of the things they're they're thinking, how it will look is data might not even reside on phones anymore. Phones and computers be like dummy clients. It's just a screen with a keyboard and internet speeds are going to be so fast that there's no point of having a hard drive and a phone because the data could communicate through these wireless uninterrupted connections instantaneously, right? So where's the data going to be? Not on the device anymore. It's going to be all housed in a service, right? So realizing how that might change that way. I don't know. It might go that way. We don't know the future, mm-hmm. but it really underscores the importance of being aware of all the data sources within the device and outside of the device. All right. So we have, we have some more questions here. It says here, um, if you could answer, yeah. So it says, uh, I'd like to know if it's possible to use iLeap. That's the tool that open source tool that we make to parse iOS uh, extractions uh, to see if, if 
uh, if you could use iLeap with an iOS capture that, that was from an encrypted backup from iTunes? So the question is yes or no. <laughs> is is no if it's encrypted? No, but if you decrypt it, yes. And uh, there's open source tool for them as long as you know the password of the encrypted backup. Of course, you know the password, you can decrypt it and then feed that unencrypted uh, uh, iTunes backup to iLeap. The thing with iLeap and and backups like that is that. I don't provide a lot of support for iTunes backups just because there's not a lot of data um, that's relevant to my cases. I I gravitate to full file system extractions. And for those who don't know, it's the most data you can pull out of a mobile device, especially uh, be it Android or iOS, but specifically Android, full file system extractions. And that's the ones I support the most. I don't really go digging for iTunes backup artifacts. But if somebody has one and wants to reach out to me, of uh, something they want to support and they can provide some test data, I'll be happy to to try and, and support it. But again, give me some test data and, and we can go from there. Oh, let me see who has something else here. Yeah, so yeah, a, lot of, uh, a lot of good good folks uh, here in the chat. So, you know, I don't want to read this. I think it's pretty pretty interesting. To have a successful career in digital forensics, you need to be passionate, curious, driven, and embrace continuous learning. That's that's pretty much what, what we said in a nice, concise sentence, right? Yeah. <laughs> the day you stop being curious and stop learning is the day you will have an expiry date in this field. And no matter if you're new to the field or you have been doing it for 20 years, everybody, everybody can contribute to the field. We all have unique experiences and areas of forensics that we're passionate about so that you can tap into and share with your peers and learn to. Uh, yeah, we should just stop like the show there, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, but we're not going to. We need to show one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's see here. Let me see the, one last comment here that I have. All right, awesome. Yeah, so um, just to kind of close up the show, obviously we have the meme of the week. And <laughs> this is this is inspired... Uh, I think a little bit on the CTF or well, not on the CTF only. I don't want to, I don't want to call out a seller by because that's not, that would be unfair and untrue. A seller by does a, it's a great tooling, great people and, and they're awesome, but it's more of a, of a comment in for all the field uh, vendors and, and tooling that we have. So, so again, it's not seller by it's anybody and everybody, including myself, <laughs> because, I, <laughs> because I, make, I make tools. So you have here this, uh, it's like the flex tape commercial and you have this big, humongous bucket of water and it's a hole on the a big hole in the bucket and then the water's coming out so in the commercial if you've seen it on tv the guy has flex tape and he goes and slaps the flex tape on the thing and stops the leak right so the meme for the again i'm, I'm describing it for those folks that are listening um the big bucket is the need of parsers for level db artifacts and we'll talk about level db in a future episode or you know but any type of artifact and then the guy with the flex tape is the vendors right they're gonna solve this issue and then they put the flex tape to close that hole, and it says "clunky file viewer." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I don't know what your experience are with, with viewers, uh, Heather, but mine's are not always the best. <laughs> no, especially when you're trying to find answers to a capture the flag or a test. <laughs> <laughs> Poor celebrate. We, we're we're I'm sorry, uh, celebrate. We're undercover. We're, 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 we're underground. It's all exactly. of them. It's all of them. It's all of the file viewers in everyone. <laughs> I was gonna say we, we're kind of undercover uh, uh, dragging them. <laughs> no, it's 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 all in love, and I say that because I mean that's the case, right? 
And don't get me wrong, file viewers are important, right? Um, sometimes you might need to look at specific one piece of data and look at more than what the parser shows you, right? Because let's say you have a P list or a BP list and it has a hundred fields, um, you know, your parser, your tool will show you maybe five or six that are important. And that's good because if they show you a hundred of them, they're gonna overwhelm you, right? So I get right. that. Right. And you might need and you might need to look at three more of those fields or see if there's any others that you might want that are not in the tooling shown as the par- as parse as an artifact. So yeah, we need viewers. Don't get me wrong, we need them, but let's let's make them more user friendly. And uh, if anybody wants to get opinions, I think me and Heather we're more than happy. <laughs> we're full of <Yeah>. opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we're uh we're we come to the end of the of the of the show. Thank you, Heather, for putting up with me. It's been a it's <laughs> been a rough week for me. us. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a rough week, but we we survived. <laughs> Not even Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> why, why do you have to tell me that? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and also thanks to the folks that that show up for the chat. Uh, we love reading your comments interacting <laughs> with you you're the ones that that are uh, we learn from you so thanks for coming up um, we're gonna be again here in two weeks again we love you all thank you for being here and uh with that we'll see you we'll see you soon bye bye <laughs>